This is A Rock of Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And we're still working through the Relationship Addiction book. I hope you guys are enjoying this. There are 22 lessons here. The book's available on AmazonBooks.com. Um, this Rock of Recovery series, we have seven books now. We'll be putting them together in the Rock of Recovery big book. Um, so you can look forward to that pretty soon, hopefully coming out early next year. So we're in Lesson 14, Sexual Trauma and Behavioral Responses. Healthy love lets us come and go and rejoices in our individuality. So if you can come and go in a relationship, it's very healthy. If the person's not always, where you at, what you doing, where you going, what time you coming back, don't you can't put up a boundary with me because when you do, I hyperventilate, I panic, uh, you got to promise me, no, no, uh-uh. don't, don't, don't get stuck in that because that's a person that's going to get their identity in you and they're going to suck you dry. So in the introduction, evaluate your past sexual traumas. Develop a strong sense of yourself. Where do I begin? Where do I end? How much of myself am I willing to invest in another person? If you haven't healed, do not start a relationship. It will be fraught with emotional chaos. A lack of development around identity can produce a strong internal fantasy world. Anyone who crosses your path can become an obsession. This person will be included in your fantasy with your total control. These relationships are pretend but they feel real. This may be causing caused by mild dissociative patterns developed around childhood traumas. The traumas can range from neglect where you were left alone and attached to fictional characters from television and movies to repetitive childhood molestations where you detached from reality and developed a safe internal world for your own self just to be able to survive. So this was a coping skill for a, for a toxic environment for a child, but is very destructive as an adult. It will prevent you from developing health, healthy attachments. So if you pursue a person from your obsessive, ruminating, limerent patterns, you have already done most of the work of forming a fake trust bond through controlled fantasy. The relationship will move too fast and won't be a safe place for you to grow and heal. Because when you get in relationships, all of your trauma wounds are being triggered. Uh, your abandonment, your neglect, your, your feelings of insecurity, your rejection wounds. These things are going to be triggered. This is going to land you in uh, uh, dysfunctional inner core responses, or it's going to help you heal and grow if it's a safe, trusting relationship. So if you have a lot of sexual traumas, it's instantly going to cause you to have uh, self-pity, depression, anger, bitterness, those internal responses that we talk about in our trauma book. So instead, I need you to be healed well enough that you're responding with character, with strength, with uh, the fruit of the Spirit, to be able to love yourself, to give yourself some grace. So let's look at whether or not you are sexually traumatized. Number one, am I lusting often? Number two, do I fantasize often? Number three, do I struggle with porn addiction or an attachment to television actors, musicians, or inanimate objects? Number four, have I healed from my past sexual traumas? Number five, do I know how to connect without sex, but to have safe relationships or friendships with others? Number six, do I often physically connect before a healthy spiritual 
uh, trust bond connects and develops. Number seven was I molested as a child. If you were molested, how much trauma was it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being very extreme? So at the age of the molestation and the trauma uh, is the developmental age that you may be stuck in when you get triggered. So let's say that you were molested at the age of nine. So if your trauma gets triggered in this relationship, this new relationship that you are pursuing, you will feel like you are nine. You will feel trapped. You will feel powerless. You'll feel the same panic and anxiety. If so, you need a counselor. You need a trained professional that knows how to work through these types of traumas. So number nine, do I carry guilt, shame, and blame myself often for the things I had no control over? Number 10, do I blame others excessively or can I own my own part in my adult relationships? Number 11, was my childhood home safe or violent? Number 12, was I called names and told I asked for the abuse? 13, was I threatened to keep silent? 14, do I feel violated or loved in relationships? 15, do I feel safe or unsafe? 16, was my entire childhood covered in lies and fear? 17, was I molested by family, stepfamily, or strangers? Number 18, do I have an aversion to sex? Number 19, was my last partner unfaithful? Number 20, do I have sexually transmitted diseases that I need to address? 21, do I have betrayal, abandonment, neglect, abuse, and all these internal wounds that need to be healed. Number 22, do I start and stop relationships quickly? Number 23, do I obsess until I have someone locked into a relationship with me and then I immediately devalue and discard them? Number 24, do relationship failures cause me to relapse into substance use disorder or other eating disorders? Number 25, how many past abusive relationships have I been involved in? Number 26, how many relationships am I in where I am an equal partner? Or do I choose partners that um, need rescued? Number 27, do I have a safe friend, a sponsor, or a counsel to help me expose the skeletons in my closet? Wounded people look for others to heal them, but have not done the work to heal themselves. Instead, they attract people like the ones who wounded them. Our vibrational energy will likely draw people to us that are like those in our past. Subconsciously, relational patterns repeat themselves. We can be oblivious to this repetition compulsion. We may just exchange a physical abuser for an emotional abuser. Hmm, that's still very painful. We may unintentionally pick up wounded people to help them become stronger. This is done because of, of our overcompensating caretaker role. Plus, it may be the way we find value or worth is to choose someone who needs us. It also may be a way to distract us from doing the uncomfortable work of healing our own emotional pain. Now decide, am I continually in the same broken place? Different people, different places, different names, but the same scenario. If so, stop and take six to 12 months to explore those wounds through counseling, support groups, journaling, reading books on this subject, watching lectures from YouTube and on others to help you heal from your past. If you can name a problem, now you can research it, you can educate yourself, and you can progress towards healing.
Any life-threatening behavioral patterns or traumatic emotional wounds should include sessions with a trained counselor. Childhood sexual trauma will take several years of counseling and diligent work to heal. Support groups and safe places are a vital way to navigate deep struggles. Children of parents with substance use disorder or who grow up in domestic violence without being nurtured have abnormal views of relationships. Their sense of reality is skewed. Children of narcissistic parents may be great performers, but will always feel unloved. Children of physically and verbally abusive parents may develop people-pleasing behavior to validate their worth in relationships. They may feel unworthy within themselves. So skewed thinking is a learned pattern of survival. It's like you're gaslighting yourself. You're always um, saying things are not what they are so that you can cope with uh, everyday life. Often those who have been abused have very low expectations and settle for crumbs in relationships. Others have a fairy tale mentality and think relationships need to be happy and have happy endings. So they'll keep going back to the same broken relationships when the love bombing starts, thinking that, okay, this time it's going to end happy. And it doesn't. It ends in the same toxicity. And it usually cycles faster each time. So real relationships have struggles, but they grow and they mature through these struggles. They do not self-implode into victims of circumstance. So a survival mentality can develop a flesh-eating piranha. (laughs) Sorry about my making up words, guys. (laughs) You'll have to just bear with me. Or other devouring behaviors to temporarily meet our needs. This ends in a power game of self-protection with no real connection. Children of narcissistic parents may have been their parents' ego supply, but were not nurtured, did not form their own identity, and have become commodities to be exploited within the family. This stunted their emotionally uh, development into survival skills to extract attention from others but are fearful of connection and will often sabotage a relationship quickly. So let's look at the behaviors of a piranha. These are the flesh eaters that we've talked about before. There's those push-pull tendencies. Um, do I know what I want in a relationship? And then do I? can I change? Can I grow? Uh, can I let go of the past? Do I flirt with others even if I'm in a committed relationship? Do I like to play the field and keep my options open? Do I like to have casual sex? Do I lie? Do I exaggerate often? Do I have a conscience? Do I, I'm, a, I'm a worried about hurting others. Do I care if I hurt anyone? Am I obsessed with and pursuing another that I don't really want? Do I like to be the center of attention? We've discussed these before. This is very important for you to understand that these are behaviors of people with sexual traumas and broken relationships, broken past from their families of origin. Number 11, do I want the power to attract a person away from somebody else just to validate myself and then I discard them quickly? Number 12, do I make promises I will likely not keep? 13, do I got that fairy tale mentality? 14, do I pretend to be someone that I'm not? 15, do I like to create drama? 16, do I have a string of broken relationships behind me? 17, do I sabotage my relationships intentionally? 18, do I have a history of being unfaithful? 19, do I have grandiose, self-absorbed tendencies? 20, 
Am I attracted to people who make me crazy? And then when I get in a normal relationship, I think it's just boring. 21. Do I want them until I get them and then I despise them? Do I chew them up and spit them out? Am I impulsive? Am I ignoring the obvious past actions, behaviors of this person and have magical thinking that this time it's going to be different? Am I emotionally unavailable and refuse to commit myself? Do I panic when someone gets close to me and then I sabotage the relationship and then I'm a, a victim? Do I feel unstable and I'm looking for someone else to complete me? You must find this completion within yourself. So when toxic relationships are your norm, you may be the spirana. You may be the flesh eater that devours others. You may have no identity and then strip the identity of others and then end up a feeling avoided in yourself. Because of this selfishness, this person that you are devouring, devouring may lose their own life in addictive patterns of destruction. This is not a game. If you cannot develop this health and this stability within yourself, do not start relationships, particularly in recovery. So I want you to evaluate your false thinking behaviors, these false, false patterns that you've got. Let's look at a fantasy relationship. So in a fantasy relationship, you can totally control everything in your imagination. In a real relationship, previous fantasy highlights the good stuff, and the bad stuff is forgotten or glossed over. This is called romanticizing. It's a deep discontent with any new relationship that does not meet the expectations of the fantasy, which develops instability. Now let's look at if you're an unavailable lover. So then you're just on the hunt for a new relationship, but you usually do not intend to connect emotionally. You don't know what you want. You're usually wounded, and you go from one broken pattern to the next. The only That you only want the relationship until you get it, and then you don't want it. So let's look at the fantasy relationship. What's in your mind? What have you been playing over and over again? You've been playing that this person's available, uh, that they're convenient, that they're controllable, uh, you, that all the old wounds and the feelings of helplessness are being healed and glossed over and it's strong. But these new relationships can quickly be ruined because you can't trust the other person because when you get into this relationship, it's not within your control. It's not in the fantasy. At first it may fulfill the fantasy, but then it doesn't. So this is a grand canyon of internal emptiness. And even a hundred lovers could not feel this Grand Canyon. So make making your new partner live under the shadow of an imaginary perfect lover is very common with relationship addictions, with past sexual traumas, but it's always going to end in destruction. So the root issue is there's no healthy relationship models growing up. You didn't understand what healthy love looked like. So emotionally unavailable people uh, get easily bored are easily distracted, are attention seekers, are relationship addicts, are non-committal, they're broken and confused, they let others choose them, uh, and they easily give themselves away, they're easily enticed, they get involved with partners way too quick, they're careless in relationships. When you're careless in relationships, if you're in recovery, you're going to be careless with your recovery because you're going to be too distracted to really be grounded. So you lack emotional stability. Your ways are movable. Today you're happy and instantly you're angry. 
this relationship will likely be like trying to hold the wind. Neither of the people in this relationship love themselves, so they cannot fully be available to love others in a safe way. They do not possess a healthy sense of themselves. They don't even know who they are. They never develop that. So the principle is healthy love lets us come and go and rejoices in our individuality. So when you love someone with a secure attachment, you're not you're not fearful for them to leave. If they leave, you can trust that if they're meant to be with you, they'll come back. You're not jealous. You're not controlling. You're not demanding. You're not demeaning. You're not bullying. But you're really just out to help that person become a better them as they're out to help you become a better you. But they're not trying to control you. So if I haven't done the work to heal internally, no relationship will be healthy. It doesn't matter what person you choose. If my level of trust is low, trust in another will also be low. If I am suspicious and paranoid, new lovers will evoke the same responses. If I take the time to do my healing and find several non-sexual relationships that I can enjoy, I can learn what it feels like and I can have a safe space inside of me. I can develop my own identity in this safe space. This should have been done years ago when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I should have been able to have had safe boundaries to have bounced back and forth and to come back, to know who I am, to try on this per personality and that personality and to be able to land with what was comfortable. But instead, I, I was all, at all times trying to survive. So trauma is going to keep you in a perpetual childlike state of emotional immaturity. So as an adult, you can continue this to where you feel like that child at all times, or you can start working on healing yourself, building your own identity, becoming a healthy, safe self with healthy esteem and confidence within yourselves to be able to succeed. Then you can maturely and patiently decide what kind of a partner you would enjoy. Then I want you to intentionally Pursue a relationship after you have healed and have self-control to nurture yourself. If I can do this, if I can do what is best for me, if I can learn the skill of contentment, if I can wait, if I can have self-control, then I will be free to find love. I won't need to control others. I won't need to manage their lives and to fix them. I won't need to hide parts of myself. I can enjoy healthy sharing, good communication, and building a healthy connection. So, Lord, I thank you that I felt loved and connected for, to you. And I can find this in you, in your word. I can set with your word and I can say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, nurture my heart that I can be whole in you. Lord, I thank you that I can recognize my toxic patterns and the patterns of the people that I choose to attract. Thank you for ending poor relationships and protecting me. Help me to recognize when it's real and when it's just a feeling. Help me to know what, who I am and who I am not, and let me establish awareness that my internal brokenness will make me emotionally unavailable to everyone in my life. Help me to sm start small and allow myself to be emotionally available to a few in my life. Show me safe people. Help me to learn to be safely connected. And Lord, as if there was any final word that I could leave, leave our listeners, it would be to nurture children, to practice your patience, your kindness, your gentleness with children. Don't be bulsy. Don't um, speak life into them and not death. Tell them 
that you want them to succeed. Um, at the moment they're throwing a fit, as soon as they take a breath, say, yes, you can do it, you can do it, you can find your self-control, you can do it, <laughs> and just really coach them to be able to regulate themselves, to find those internal controls, to be very carefully teach them to uh, be able to sit still, to be able to manage their anxiety, to be able to um, govern themselves, to put themselves to bed, to decide how much they will eat and not eat. Let them look at the portions on the back of a box and, okay, the portions too. All right, let's just get to. Let's see if we can stop here and help them with this self-control. Help them to rewind their speech if they're not kind and to practice kindness. And as you do this with your children and the children around you that's in your environment, you're going to be rewinding, oh, mommy, uh, auntie or mommy said that, and it sounded fussy or bossy. Let me say that again. Let me practice. Let me rewind. Uh, may I help you? May I help you with your shoes? Instead of being bossy and condemning and always telling them they're not doing it's right, just ask them if they need some help. And this is going to help you practice on that safe connection with yourself. And when children can safely connect to you and feel that love from you, now they're going to want to... Uh, listen to you and they're going to give back into you with their with their innocence and with their love and then you're going to be able to heal and love another and this was angie meadows and this was the rocker recovery this was chapter 14 in the relationship addiction book and we'll see you later